Well, I promised Merlin that we would have a quiz to start today, so I'm going to be a man of my word. But before we do that, I want to just introduce what we're going to talk about today. Better together. How many times have we heard that? It's better when you're here. That's something that Graham likes to say at the end of every service. And I want you to think for a minute before we have our quiz. I want you to think about the places that you go that you notice when that person's missing. You know that one person that really sparks the room, that person that really makes your gathering better. Can you think of that? Now, how many of you said that it's you? I'll take that as a no. <laughs> oh, Norm, okay, well, yeah. I agree. <laughs> What I want us to talk about this morning is, is really, uh, it it's always seems to be when I get a chance to be here, it's what God's teaching me in my life. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity just to be able to share that with you. And those words that Graham says at the end of a service, it's better when you're here, they've really been infecting me in the last several months. And then there were a few things that happened last week when Tori was up here sharing that just kind of put exclamation marks on so many of the thoughts that I'd been having. And so I want to try and share some of those today. But I would like you to think with our quiz about what goes with what. So here's the first what, and you can say together who it is. Who is it? And Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. If you got that right, give yourself a point. It's only out of five. Okay, it's... it's but every one you get wrong is 20%, just saying. So if you've missed one already, you're already best shot, 80%. Let's try the second one, shall we? That would be milk and cookies. Two for two, anybody two for two? All right, good. Teachers are two for two, it's good. <laughs> All right, let's go to the third one. Peanut butter and? Oh, see, this is where the, the division happens, isn't it, right? Is it jelly or is it bananas? Well, clearly it's jelly, because we don't say P, B, and B, do we? Oh, you do? Oh, sorry, Dan. Uh, half mark, half mark, okay. And the fourth one. Love and? Love and marriage. Very good. Four, four. Anybody else on a roll? Three and a half or four out of four so far? Okay, the last one? Horse and? Carriage. To see how love and marriage and horse and carriage? Uh-huh, that's, that's a deeper level of, of illustration right there. There's a whole list of things that go together, and, and we've just illustrated them with an image uh, very quickly. But, I mean, think of some of the things you can think of that go together. Night and day, what else? Salt and pepper, hamburgers and ketchup? How about hot dogs? <laughs> it's a tough crowd, Dan. I should have known right out of the gate this morning. We should have known. What else? Good and evil? Chicken and what? Chicken and the Brussels sprouts? I'm not guessing that's where you're going, Victor. <laughs> Oh, any, any that really, you got one more you want to give me, a really good one? Hamburger bun and patty. Hamburger bun and patty, okay. All right, we'll go with that. That's Merlin for the win. Merlin, how'd you do on the quiz? Uh, four out of 
four out of five he cheated. He's looking at the monitor up there beside Ben. So, so there are some things that, that do certainly go together. Um, and I think that you'll realize that in your life, you've, you've been in relationships or you've been around people that they just go together, right? Sharon and I, we go together. When we go together or when I show up at an event and it's a plus one, people expect it to be Sharon. They don't expect it to be me and Matt. They don't. As nice of a guy as Matt is, we aren't the and. There's not an and between us. Now, if you're talking getting something built around your house, well, we could call Matt and Terry. But if you're expecting you know, more of that social thing, it's, it's Terry and Sharon. It's Graham and Cheryl. There's, there's a connectivity that the word and brings. And it's something that we are very accustomed to, whether we realize it or not. There's certain things that we have in our church or in our churches at large that, that they go together as well, right? In a service, what do we have that make up a service? We have singing and we have teaching, right? We have a kids program and we have an adult program. We have things that are connected. And I like to think that those connections are good things that we need to remember. I think the Bible's full of great connections as well. And I think if we, if we spend any time at all looking through God's word, we'll see that there's a lot of different connections. One of the connections that came up in the last few weeks when Graham was speaking was a connection that I've heard it many times, but it, it affected me in a different way. Grace and truth. It affected me in a way, actually, that was very convicting because I find that I'm very good at the grace part of it with people around me. But when it comes to getting to the truth portion and saying the truth about life and relationship with God and eternity, I'd rather stay at the grace side. It's easier. This can be a challenge over here. Even though we know it's God's truth, it's not our truth, it's God's truth. But those connecting points between grace and truth are very, very significant. How about if you've read the book of Joshua, be strong and courageous. It's not a coincidence our oldest child is named Joshua. Because that's a reminder for me. Not just to be strong. Not just to, you know, do the work that allows you to have the strength that you need when you need it. But also to have the courage to face what you need to do when you need to. The Bible's full of these ands. Uh, we talked about a verse last week, uh, Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus did this in his life through the Gospels, as it's recorded in the Gospels. What things did he do with the and connector? He proclaimed, he spoke, he taught a lot, and what else did he do? He healed, he demonstrated. He linked those two together, I think, for us to be able to realize that and is a very important part of what we do as believers. It's a very important part of, of how we connect with others. It's a very important part of how we can represent Christ in our world. Grace and truth. Proclaiming and demonstrating. On the screen, you'll see a picture of uh, it, birds, because it's really hard to take a picture of birds as they're flying in formation and get any bit of closeness to them. But I did a little bit of reading about birds and how they fly together and, and 
especially this time of year with it cooling off, birds begin to migrate. And do you know why birds migrate? I, I, they don't like winter, yes. Same reason why many of you migrate in the winter. But what is the reason? Is it the cold? Lack of food. It's lack of food. Scientifically proven, the cold is not the issue. It's the lack of food. The snow covers up a lot of the food source. The food source stops growing. Lots of different reasons why there's a lack of food. But that desire to not starve causes them to fly distances greater than they're able to fly. And that's why they fly in formation. I did some reading, and uh, I allowed some people much smarter than me. I'm going to lean on their research, so I'm going to read you their research. Birds flying together in a V formation. Age, sex, and body size play a large role in who leads the V formation. In a flock of adults and young birds, juveniles usually do not lead since they are less able to maintain high speeds in the lead position and would slow the entire flock down. This is according to some Swedish researchers. They go on to say the researchers also determined that the pelicans that fly in group formations beat their wings less often, and just like us when we exercise, it results in a lower heart rate. In this way, birds that fly in a V formation conserve much needed energy. This V formation also enhances communication and coordination within the flock, allowing birds to improve orientation and follow their route more directly in formation. Every bird is accounted for. I, I just think of that and I think that's, that's the church. That's the body of believers. That's the people around me. And I think of Graham and I think, it's better when you're here, it's better when we're together. And I don't know if I've told you this before, but I lead this cycling team, and the catchphrase underneath my email signature is, we're better together. Graham and I never talked about this. But we found in that group of mixed individuals, males and females, younger and older, believer and non-believer, we are better together. And it's definitely that way in the church. A lot of biblical examples to back that. The observations that I take, though, from, from these birds flying together, it really stuck out when I read the entire flock slows down. Why, why would that happen? Because a less experienced or a younger bird would be at the front. That would slow the flock down. They don't have the same experiences as some of the older and, and more experienced ones. I, I think it's pretty incredible that these birds will learn to flap their wings at the same pace so that they conserve even more energy. It allows them to get lift in a different way. It allows their heart rate to be lower so they conserve that energy. The communication and coordination, boy, does that not just scream of humans together. And when together we're organized and, and, and we're working together and we're in formation, how much more effective we can be. We're going to model that as a church when we finish our service today. When we go to to work on some tasks around the church. And we're going to see how efficiently we can be at these things while communicating with each other. And we're going to see if we can accomplish more together than we could if just one person was left here with the list. And I think what you'll learn is what we know already. We definitely can accomplish more when we're together. We definitely work more efficiently together. 
So when we think of all these things that these birds do and the reasons they fly in these formations, I, I really think the emphasis for me is understanding that the reason they migrate is because they don't want to starve. And really what they're trying to do is what? They're trying to get to a food source. That's the reason they're flying thousands of kilometers to get to a food source. So how incredibly important it must be for them to make sure that they all get there. And I'm not sure about you, but there's times when in a group, you know, most of us get to the, to the goal. Most of us accomplish what we're trying to do, but, but sometimes we lose people along the way, don't we? For whatever reason, maybe it wasn't the group for them. Maybe, you know, maybe the goose was trying to fly with the, the pelicans, and it, that just doesn't, it's not going to work long term. Whatever the reason is, maybe it's because there's infighting between the birds, and one gets out of the pecking order, as it were. Whatever the reason is, we tend to lose people. But when the reason for us as believers in coming together and, and even in your groups that you gather in for whatever thing that you're involved in, if the reason is survival, if the reason is avoiding starvation, how much more important is it for us to make sure that we get there together? I've had times in my life where uh, I've, I've looked back, I've, I've been a part of a group, a larger group or a medium-sized group, whatever's the size of the group, and, and I look back and I realize, where's such and such? I haven't seen that person in ages. That happened to me actually just in the last month. There's a, there's a fellow that I ride with and, and uh, all of a sudden I realized I haven't seen him in like eight or nine rides. And do you know when I realized it? when I ran into him yesterday. What a sad declaration of not paying attention to the people around me. And so I actually said to him, I said, Steve, I just realized I haven't seen you in like a month. Are you okay? Like, what's going on? And he said, oh, I've been away. I've been traveling for work and this and that and the other. And I said, well, listen, I got your cell phone number. I'm sorry I didn't reach out just to say, hey, I'm missing you because I didn't even notice you weren't there. It happens all the time. And sadly, we lose people along the way in those situations. In my community, we may be a bunch of birds, but we're cyclists as well. We have some similar sorts of things, and I've relayed some of these stories to you before, but as cyclists, when we are together in a group and the communication's good, just like it is with the birds flying in formation, we are more efficient as well. But I was doing some more reading on that this week, and I have known this before, but there's a 30% savings sitting behind someone on a bike, drafting behind them. And we normally think that's about a wheel length of space. But what I went on to read was at three bicycle lengths, so approximately 15 feet, there's still a 10% savings in efficiency. The other piece of new learning is that when there's a group of cyclists moving together, the person at the front also has efficiencies because of the way the wind moves around them. About a 3% savings from being at the front of a group. I'm not going to share that with the people I ride with, because they'll say, well, you can go to the front, Terry, but I, I didn't realize that was the case. And as I read kind of some of the, uh, I'm not even sure which department this would fall under, the physics of it, would it be physics, that talks about wind streams and how all those things work? I didn't realize that would be the case, but as I read it, it certainly made sense. And of course, it was being written by someone that knows way more about it than I do. But there is an efficiency that comes from that. 
And the bigger the group, the greater the efficiencies. I've never ridden in a group of cyclists where the goal was to avoid starvation. It always seems to be about speed and going faster and not being as tired or pulling someone along who maybe isn't in the same physical condition as others. But never to avoid starving. Never to avoid all that comes with starving. As we mentioned in the Bible, there's many different examples of, of the ands, the things that go together. So just like the birds are better off when they are together, when there's this bird and that bird and that bird, they're more efficient. When there's this cyclist and that cyclist and add this cyclist and this cyclist and this cyclist, we're more efficient. But as believers, as people, are we not better when we're together? I certainly believe it to be true. I certainly uh, very quickly come up with a list of people that I think of in the groups that I'm involved in, and I go, it's better when that person's there. And then I think about, well, what if we took this person out, though? Oh, it's better when they're there as well. So instead of me having a short list of those are the people I always want in every group I'm in because they make it better, I actually end up having this infinite list of every time I take one person out of the group, it's not as good. We're starting to notice that as we do our fall cycling rides because we, we have some cyclists that are fair-weather cyclists. They like it at 22, sunny, and no wind. And so do I, but I still ride. Wednesday night was a great example. The wind was gusting to 45, and it was about 20 degrees, so a little bit cooler when it's windy on those nights. And three people showed up for our ride. Boy, I missed all those other people that I wouldn't have said that they're the person that makes the group better. But they all of them, every one of them makes our group better. Every one of them adds a piece to the efficiency and the ability to get to where we're going and to get there in a way that's enjoyable. There's definitely a difference when people are missing. The Bible speaks about this this being together in Ecclesiastes, and it's certainly a passage that you've likely read many times, but I want us to read it together this morning and then just take a couple of observations, and then we're going to go practice how we're better together. Ecclesiastes 4, starting in verse 9, two are better than one because they have a better return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one, may have, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Quick observations. Working together yields a bigger return. Right? You've, you've had those times, and, and those of you in the, the parent role, where your kids have, you know, been um, voluntold to help on a Saturday morning, clean up the yard, um, clean the house, all of those different things that we know that if they help us out, it'll go better. We know because we've done it by ourselves without their help, how much better it is when we have many hands on deck. How much we can get done, but also how it gets done. Those are usually the times when funny stories are told about those times because something happened with the vacuum cord or Whatever the case is, those are the times when you do things together. Those are the times 
that yield good returns, but they're also fun to do them. They're also enjoyable. Together we can help each other too. I was encouraged to see Emma here this morning. We prayed for her last week. That's something we did together. That's something we can do going forward. We can support each other. I'm going to pray for Tori when I brush my hair because I think that putting your mascara on and that's a time to remember to pray for someone. Clearly, I don't put mascara on, but I brush my hair. What a good reminder. I did this morning. Together, we can help each other. I don't know what's ahead for Tori. I don't know what the challenges are going to be. But I know that even though we physically can't be right beside her, we can team up with her. We can be her and one by praying for her and supporting her that way. And maybe it even means writing an email from time to time. Just saying, hey, we prayed for you in church this morning. We're thinking about you. We remember you. We can do that with Beth in Emma's situation. And just say, hey, we prayed for you. We're there. And there was some in our group who were even more practical not that prayer is not important, but they were there. And we need those different pieces among us. We need to be encouraging each other. It wasn't coincidence that I asked you to say hi to someone this morning. Because it really is pretty easy to walk across the room and say, hey, Rob, haven't seen you in a bit. How are you doing? Because I know, you've, you know life's had some challenges and you're good today. It, it's really not that hard to do. And it actually gets easier the more we have people come to us and do that because we realize there's value in that. It adds to us. It makes us better. Now, we do all come at this with gifts as well. And remember, the V formation, the younger birds don't go to the front and don't pull because it slows down the whole group. And I think for us as an illustration, for us as, as a group of people, we all just have different gifts. You could call it young and old. You could call it I'm comfortable standing in front of a group, and you're not. Awesome. Because those of you that aren't comfortable in front of a group, you are the miracle worker one-on-one. You bridge a gap that I can't bridge in front of 40 people. You are the ones in your own way and with your sensitivities that you make a difference. And you don't have to be at the front of the room. Let's use our gifts. Let's use the way God has gifted us and the way he continues to develop our gifts so that we can make a bigger impact on people around us, on each other, so that we can strengthen each other with encouragement, so that we can spur each other on. Hebrews 10.24 says, let's consider how we can spur each other on. Spur, you know what a spur is, right? It's the thing on the back of the cowboy boot. It seems a little harsh, doesn't it? But that's how you get a horse to move. I hope that none of us take the role of horse. But some of us may need a little more of a push. Because maybe those around you see that you've got a gift. And you need to be encouraged to use that gift. And it might need a little bit more than just a gentle nudge. Or a soft reminder. So if that's the case, allow that spur to get you right in the side and get going. And then finally, you've heard this verse as well from Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. I'm really grateful for those of you in this church and grateful for those in my life who have come alongside 
and just kind of put the file to me in a way to restore maybe a giftedness that I have buried or allowed to get dull. And I'm just not quite as keen and sharp to use that giftedness anymore. Really grateful for that. Really thankful that, that God is patient to allow those times to come. And there's, there's times, as in other parts of the book of Ecclesiastes says, there's a time for all these different things. And you might be coming out of a time where you haven't been as sharp. And maybe this morning will be that, that file, just to sharpen your edge, just to give you a little bit of get up and go, and let's make a difference with those around us. As we go from here this morning, I, I want you to remember what Graham will tell you every week. It's better when you're here. It's better when you're here. Not just that one person that maybe came to our mind early. It's better when each of you are here. It's better when each of us adds our bit. It's better when each of us gets involved in the formation to help the efficiencies. I would ask you to think about and answer this question for yourself. If you don't fly efficiently in a formation, what does your starvation look like? I've had times in my life where I've been really, really hungry. Really hungry. Really on the verge of starvation. Because with people around me, I did this. Maybe you've done that too. Maybe you did it for the same reason I did it. Someone in your life blew it. They really hurt you. Time to sharpen up. I've been there. I've done that. There's no t-shirt that comes with it. But there's God's grace. And God's grace, along with the truth, his truth that was given to me by other people, was get back in the game. Forgive. Remember. But forgive. and start flapping your wings again. God's kingdom needs us, each of us. So I hope that you'll get in my V formation with me. I'm not going to be at the front all the time. Some of you will be there because your life experience allows you to be the lead bird. And I'm going to sit and I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy the airflow that comes off your wings as you lead. And then there's going to be times when I'm going to go to the front and I'm going to lead. And then there's going to be times when the kids who are downstairs, they age and they get stronger and they lead us as we begin to weaken. That's how the body works. Sound good? God needs us. God and me are unstoppable. I left last week 
and that was what stuck in my mind. God and Tori are unstoppable. Tori's not. Tori's stoppable. But God and Tori, unstoppable. Dan and God, unstoppable. Sharon and God, unstoppable. Matt and Terry, stoppable. Matt and God, unstoppable. Let's link up with the power source of our world, our eternity, bigger than our world. And let's do what we can do for him. Father, thank you for the opportunity just to stop and just to reflect on what you've created around us, the way that you've created us for community, the way that you've made community better when we're together. We lean on you. We don't have it in ourselves. We have it in you. So we thank you for creating us this way. We thank you that you created us with a need for others. And Lord, I'm so thankful for this community that I can be a part of. And those who maybe don't feel significant in this community, I thank you for the way that they influence this community for me. And it's a better place for me because they're part of it. Would you help us to help each other? Even today as we work together, as we accomplish some practical things, would you remind us to just love on each other? And maybe there's even some truth that we need to speak to someone today just to say, you know what, I see this in you. You need to develop that. I'll help you. How can I help you? Help us to be practical with each other today as well. Thank you for your son. And we pray in his name.